My name is Joanne Averson, and this is the podcast, Pain Removed, Performance Improved. And today, we're going to talk about the fascia from the point of view of defining what it is. There's a lot of stuff out on the internet, on Instagram, on Facebook, on social media, Google, research papers, all about fascia. And let's start by saying something about what it is. Basically, it's connective tissue. And connective tissue is something that describes how everything in the human body is connected to everything else. And one of the reasons that it's making such big news over recent years is because historically, the anatomy and the physiology and the biomechanics and the understanding of movement for manual therapists and movement practitioners was based on anatomy that was taught 400 years ago. And generally speaking, not always, but generally speaking, the anatomists would cut away what was called the scaffolding or treated as inert packaging in order to get to the parts that were considered to be the most important. And the most important parts were thought to be the muscles or the bones and their connections to the body. And then the what are known as the viscera or the organs and then the systems such as the nervous system or the circulatory system and the organs being the heart or the brain or the lungs and so on. And a great deal of medical research and scientific research was done by cutting through the connective tissue to get to these so-called important component parts. And what happened was basically those parts became defined as the human movement system or the human locomotion system. And those definitions came about during the industrial age when newly developed industry was discovering how to make things move automatically. So if you think about it from a technological point of view, cars were being designed and so we were going from horse and carriage to car. We were going from the technology eventually of the telephone to the technology of what we have now, but this is long before the internet. So history plays a very important part in the cultural development of how we came to understand this tissue. And one of the questions I often get asked is, how come there's so much new information? If medicine is so advanced, how could it be this advanced without knowing about the fascia? And it's a really interesting question because the fascia was known. It was understood. It is named. But what's changed so hugely in recent years is understanding its significance, understanding its detail, and also having new abilities to measure it. And this crucial change in history of having these very refined measuring tools apply in two ways. One, bear in mind this kind of measuring was previously done on dead bodies, and then the information was extrapolated or um converted into ways of understanding the living body with a theory 
probably a theory that couldn't be falsified or denied rather than one that necessarily could be proved as true. And the second aspect of it is that the ability to measure the living body with things like MRI and CAT scans, something that we know about today, simply wasn't available. And even when it was available, it wasn't possible to understand in the detail that we have now. So the problem we have today is that modern technology is looking through the lens of old paradigms. So modern technology is explaining classical biomechanics and classical anatomy from the 20th century, and yet we've got 21st century lenses through which to look at it. And the difficulty that has arisen is what I call crossing the Rubicon. And crossing the Rubicon actually is a, is a phrase that comes from Julius Caesar's time. It's one that Carolyn Mace uses a lot, in which she talks about how we shift from one paradigm to the other, how we go from, in this case, a two-dimensional explanation of movement to what is, in fact, a four-dimensional explanation of movement. So what do I mean by four dimensions? We are 3D. We see in, well, we don't quite see in 3D, actually. We make some of it up because our eyes see in 2.5D, and we'll talk about that with one of my colleagues in an interview to come. But 3D is simply volume compared to area. And we are volumes moving around in space, but we self, self-emerged, we self-created, we self-developed. And we folded in on ourselves. We moved through ourselves to bring ourselves into form. That makes us multidimensional. It makes us at least four-dimensional. Now, in science, very often you'll hear the phrase that time is the fourth dimension. In my world, that's not possible because time is the medium of dimension. Otherwise, we couldn't have time in three dimensions without being four-dimensional. And one of the things that's making this change in logic so significant for you and I and how we sit at the dinner table and how we eat and how we sit at our desks and get in our chairs and how we walk our dog is that it stops us considering the fascia as simply a packaging material that holds all our bits together with all the explanations we inherited about how those bits work, i.e. how the muscles attach to the bones and bend them as levers so that we can walk around. None of that's true. Muscles are not connected to bones. There are no levers in nonlinear biologic forms and all human beings are nonlinear biologic forms. Incidentally, so is every other living thing on our planet. So it's bringing us to a whole new understanding of nature and the nature of nature and how it's all joined up. And cellulose to a plant is connective tissue and fascia to the human body. Now, connective tissue and fascia are not quite the same thing all the time, so not all connective tissue is fascia, although I think all fascia is connective tissue. And we'll get into the nuance of that later in the series. But what's exciting for us today is to understand that the fascia has been discovered as far more than a connecting tissue. It's not just an inert packaging or a scaffolding that holds our movement system together.
it turns out that it's also the largest sensory organ of the human body. And that changes everything. It stands a lot of things that we understand about movement, performance and pain on its head. Simply because your architecture, that from which you are built, feels you, senses you and senses where it is at the time. Which means it feels time and space around you and within you. And it is a feedback system, a biofeedback system. And this is really exciting information that we're going to be exploring through this podcast. But what I want you to know is it changes how we perceive pain. And it gives us a spectrum of sensations. And it changes how we hold performance. It changes the idea that performance is just something that elite athletes can do. Because for somebody who has been injured, for example, simply being able to walk comfortably without thinking about it is really an elite performance relative to them. And because the fascia relates everything in the human body to everything else in that human body, it is invariably unique and it can transform your experience of pain and performance. So stay with me for the next episode where we look at pain removed, performance improved. Thanks for joining me.